Do you know what time it is? It's that time again with Cindy Gern, who has the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of STEM Speaks. I am really excited to introduce you all today to my guest, Monica Kong. She is the founder and CEO of Speakerbox and author of Rethink Creativity. Welcome, Monica. Thank you for having me. So glad you're here. I can't wait to dive into this conversation because your career has taken some very interesting turns and you're involved in quite a few things. So let's kind of start with where you began and you were actually working in nuclear nonproliferation policy, which, you know, kindred spirits, because I work in the policy space, particularly in defense and national security from a cyber perspective. So how did you move from nuclear nonproliferation to starting your own business focused on harnessing one's creativity, which is so important? I feel like I need to snag that tagline every time. <laughs> I think one of the few have sna- um, done it so eloquently. Thank you. Um, I I think I got into both because I was curious about what was the gap and what the opportunity was. I loved my work where I was before. And in fact, for a very long time, I, w- I saw myself wanting to be a diplomat. And so choosing a career in nuclear nonproliferation was more of a functional focus that I chose to do. But I wanted to share that the reason why I made the transition, because being that the case, like I was only willing to make a transition if it was going to be a bigger goal that aligned with every value in the work that I wanted to do. And one thing that I always came back to is wanting to understand how do I help more people in a meaningful way? And um, while I had that interest, I realized myself, even though I loved my job, I felt quite stuck. And Mm -hmm. when I quickly realized that everyone else was stuck and that was just the way it is. And the only advice I keep getting was like, you know, just wait until you like spend more time and it will be okay because you just get used to it. I'm like, no, that's awful. (laughs) That is awful. (laughs) Like, why are you telling me that as advice? Like, and like from people who are in positions that I thought I wanted to be at. And it got me thinking that something had to change. And it was almost backward. Like once I figured out, did things and looked back, what did I actually do that helped me? That's when I recognized um, and had the vision for wanting to build Innovators Box and helping people how can I help more people understand that they can be creative and how important that is? And it's more than just product development. Yes. Yeah, so talk a little bit more about that. So first of all, I am a huge subscriber to the fact that creativity matters, right? In all spaces. I am not artistic in any way, but I feel like I'm creative every day in the work that I do. And, you know, there's a lot of commentary that goes around about how we're kind of losing that in trying to be so much like each other. And so can you talk about how in the tech space and in the entrepreneur space and in really any space, how harnessing career creativity really allows you to open the aperture of what's possible to expand innovation and to, you know, kind of see beyond the norm. I think an easy way to start thinking is imagine the world without it. Mm. 
technically even this podcast is not possible without creativity <laughs> fair enough yes <laughs> this true. radio show is not possible uh you might not be in your current vehicle if someone did not create that car uh you might not have uh the gasoline if someone did not think of that that could be a possible solution so every integral part of like what we use what we live with is actually a form and result of someone at one point thought of what if why not how will I do this differently? And I think what is so forgotten is that because of now with media and attention to what we read, we often see creativity as a form of only being visible in art and I think a big volume. So yes, like art, art is a very powerful form of creativity, but yeah. I think what's miscommunicated is that it seems to be the only one when it's not true. And so often when we I have conversations on this, the first instinct that I often hear is like, you know, I'm creative, but I'm not an artist. I'm like, that's completely fine. It's just right. like, you know, like I sometimes feel like I want to have pasta and sometimes I want to have Thai food. Sometimes I want to have Korean food and like nobody thinks that's weird. So why does it feel <laughs> weird to have or personality? Personalities, multiple personalities, multiple interests. So yeah. why in the world do we have one box definition of creativity? And I think once then you rethink about that and understand that framework, then you start discovering all these different layers of creativity. The creativity, of course, on the bigger side of the innovation and the results that we live with in every single day as a user and a builder in a community, but also the everyday impact. Someone thought of trying something different and now we do certain things a little bit easier. Or because someone thought of trying something differently or asked why not, now we have more options. Like, And, and that two scenario is probably possible in every single industry and every single life moment that we think about. And if that still feels high level, the number one thing I encourage people thinking about why that would be important is in the human element, I think when we are being creative, that's when we're also going back to our genuine who we are as a person. Mm. Um, yeah, like if you're asking someone to live without creativity, you're just living black and white. And that's unfortunately a, where a lot of people currently accept us the status quo. And I hope that they know that it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. And that's how we get stuck, right? That's the heart of innovation, stuck. the heart of like revolutionizing things is the willingness to step out boldly and be creative and think outside the box. So it's so important. And not only were you creative in, you know, starting your own company <laughs> and letting creativity be the centerpiece of that, which is a very cool way to think about innovation and, and tech and, and all of these things. Just sharing truth. Yeah, but you also harness that creativity to write a book. So tell me a little Thank bit you. about the book. You are um, kind of, of delivering your message to a wider audience by capturing it in a book. So tell us about the book. Absolutely. Really excited um, to have Rethink Creativity out. Now you can get it online um, and then in stores as well. But the vision really came about because I recognized that, you know, I need to walk my talk and um, I want to be able to keep making that learning of creative thinking easier. Mm. And I find myself like I love reading and I love sharing resources. So whenever I meet someone and whenever I have a great conversation, I always like sending them like multiple like podcasts and like radio shows or like <laughs> articles and like books to read. And I always found like it's always like a mix of things, but there's always like a couple of things I can't find. And so I end up putting like bullet points or like send them a little audio message. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I need to figure out a way to help more people because there's clearly going to be more people that who could benefit and need that extra push of challenge. Um, and I found that, you know, there's, I know there's tons of books on creativity and innovation, but there was mostly theoretical, most either thinking from one kind of anecdote of like, this is what happened in this company and this is why it's great. You mm -hmm. should do it. Yep. 
try it. This is our method. <laughs> yes, this is our method for yeah. creativity. So you should just do it. <laughs> or the third approach, which I think is great as well, but still doesn't answer, which is often a historical approach of, you know, doing research and like, these are all the wonderful people I've interviewed. This is creativity. So this is what you should do. I'm like, yeah, but that still like leaves, like, I, at least for me, it felt me hanging up. Like, well, I don't know still what I'm supposed to do. Like, what does that really mean for me? Like, how do I do as an everyday employee, as a manager, mm-hmm. as an executive? And especially if you do not work in traditionally creatively known industries yep. or have never thought yourself to be creative. And I found that that's lacking. So how do I make sure I provide something that could be of help? And the whole process itself was a push for myself to walk my own talk. And so if you actually notice throughout the book, in addition to the application parts, um, I tied in a lot of my own original artwork, oh, which, will, cool. which you'll notice later. Um, and it's in colors so that people feel like it's a business book, but it's in color, so it throws people off. And so those were all the small nuggets of ways that I wanted to kind of Add a little unexpected element, but now it's expected now that you know that you're listening to this. So. <laughs> but you still have to read the book because yes. there's so much good information. You won't know in what there. that color means. So. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm so excited to to dive in um, because I really think that like creativity is a muscle because you can you know atrophy it by not using it, yeah. Or you can build it up and really let it be a part of your value proposition Absolutely. as a leader, as a um, an innovator, etc. And it's almost again playing devil advocate helping people reframe about the structure is people understand the importance of physical muscle i think that mm-hmm. that's a given right like oh you've exercised i can tell you've exercised you look so healthy today or like right. you look skinnier today i'm like oh my gosh look at your like people get it but like people forget about the importance of mental muscle yeah and they just assume like oh you know like um like the mind, the importance of a healthy mind. And I know right now, I think in the 21st century, we're getting better awareness on mental illness and mental health, mm-hmm. which is very critical. Yep. Um, and my hope is that people understand it's not just to like creativity shouldn't just be to impress like others and like just do it for the sake of it. But it's really for your good as well. Like yeah. if you actually harness your own creativity and do it for your benefit, just like you being healthy for your benefit versus healthy being impressing others is a whole different game. It's a very different result. And my goal is how can I help more people, specifically let's say the 87% of the workforce that Gallup says that people are stuck, help them understand that they don't have to wait for permission. Yep. They don't have to wait for a job title that says creativity or innovation. They can start doing it by themselves yes. no matter where they are. But practice, yeah. practice and build that muscle. And if you all walk away with nothing, I hope that you walk away exercising creativity in your positions. We will all be the better for it. Um, And that could also mean pulling together a number of your different interests. So absolutely. You are an entrepreneur. You've written a book that's pulling together (laughs) another interest. You used to be a nonproliferation. We won't even go there because that's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. But you you also um, are a part of Startup Week. Can you tell our audience about that? Yeah, so uh, Startup Week and Startup Weekend are great affiliated programs that were uh, started out under a nonprofit organization called Up Global that was Techstar acquired, and so it's a it's a great global uh, volunteer led initiative, um, and I'm I'm excited to be able to help continue contributing in that space because it's been a great way to. A, not only remind myself of what it took for me to be where I am, and how many other people helped me like be there and remind me of like yes you should do this like yes like have the confidence but to knowing that like 
there's always people ahead of us, but there's always people behind us. And that means that you're always in position to help others. And I think it's so easy to forget that, especially as like a bootstrapping, like entrepreneur with like bootstrapping, like booking all this other jazz of like feeling like I can't do anything because like I'm still figuring out Um, you can. And so that was a long way of, I guess, saying how much like Startup Weekend has meant for me. I've decided to continue to help out like first started as a participant loved it so much that I became a volunteer lead organizer and now um one of the dc organizers and so we try to always run three to four weekend events which essentially is tons of strangers many of them over probably 80 90 percent who have never thought of startup or what's pitch or like all that jazz get to experience that over the weekend and practice and we bringing mentors and food so that they learn but it's so empowering to have that 54 hour for the first time you realize wow maybe I can yeah and maybe there is a potential or maybe you realize that this is not my thing but that was really interesting I've learned to work with strangers this weekend (laughs) yes and I found that I'm not so bad interviewing strangers over the street for customer evaluation Mm -hmm. that's very powerful um so very grateful that it can help play that role in the community yeah, I th- so I, I love that concept just in general because I think entrepreneurs benefit from that collaboration and collective mindset and kind of figuring out and learning lessons from others who have kind of trod those paths before and then being able to help others behind them. But I think Startup Weekend is a great example of a mentorship moment. So I think a lot of us get really busy and we are overwhelmed by the thought of like some kind of sustained mentorship or engagement with somebody. You 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 like avoid helping people because you feel like, well, I can't do it any justice because I obviously don't have time to meet with you for coffee every week. And so I've coined this term of mentorship moments. On top of when moments. do you sleep? Right, exactly. <laughs> so I've coined this term of mentorship moments because I feel like All of us can find moments where we can give back and help others and talk to others and share our insights. And so I think this is a great one where, I mean, you can't do it every weekend, but this is like, what, four times a year, you said, right? That you can take some time if you're around and help others. And so I think that's a really cool way to be giving of your time and, and while recognizing the constraints of your time. Thank you. Well, as an organizer, we do a little bit more work than the mentors. Well, yes, fair we enough. Would love, we would love if you, those who are listening who would like to be mentors, you can reach out to me and I'll be happy to keep an eye out. Yes, I encourage you all to get involved. I hope to get involved. Um, it sounds like such a great opportunity to connect with others and just build your network while you're helping people. Yeah. So that's not the only way you help people. One thing that you and I are both mutually passionate about is making sure that there are room for women and minorities in the spaces in which we play. Representation matters. Representation matters. And for so many different reasons, right? The connection of seeing somebody doing the thing that you want to do or something Mm -hmm. like that thing, the ability to have a conversation in a way that is inherently comfortable um, and calming. And I mean, just for so many reasons. And so, you know, we often find, particularly in tech, that a lot of the conversations are about certain minority groups and um, I think Asian Americans are not a big part of that conversation right because a lot of people feel like oh there are a lot of Asian American men in tech right Um, but what does that actually mean though right so there's (laughs) so there's that and then as well as what about Asian American women because I would beg to differ that um, Asian American women are well represented in tech so talk to me a little bit about your perspective on that and, you know, the opportunities you see in the community to kind of um, Mm -hmm. make a change. 
Yeah, no, thank you for raising that. It's um I think it's almost an honor that I get to be able to play that role by just being who I am as being someone who is Korean American, originally from DC, 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 <laughs> uh, but having spent some time growing up in Korea. Um, and so I, it's, it's funny because I think being an entrepreneur, we always go through all these different types of pressure. But I think one thing that I've been recently thinking a lot more is also rethinking about the pressure of identity crisis. You go through whole layers of different identities and association and how people affiliate you. And I think I realize there's a lot of affiliation to that of how what process it took me to just accepting those multitude of identities. And I think a lot more probably because it it influences a lot of the actual work I do. Uh, because the more comfortable I feel, it, it speaks to the words I choose and how I present myself, how I speak, how I write, mm-hmm. like how I communicate. And I realized, um, I think it, it really dawned on me even more when I was invited for my first Asian American Pacific Islander celebration um, event where uh, from a government uh, celebration. And they actually even were willing to change the event date so that I can come as the keynote speaker. And I really spoke balance to realize well like one i'm honored that i'm now in a position that i can help celebrate that in a more intentional way and represent Mm -hmm. but two like i was even going down my lane because i i was really worried that if by chance i couldn't go and i was trying to think of someone else if i can help recruit and i realized i really don't know anyone else i have that problem sometimes yeah (laughs) i know that struggle and um it just dawned on me like well, one, I know that, you know, when it's so easy to just stay busy and try to find the easy solution, just find anyone else that we can grab. And like when we get busy to fill that spot. But it got me realizing that like I if I don't walk and be more intentional about how I think about it, like how much harder is it going to be for other people? And so I kept thinking even more to every stage I go up that I participate. Mm-hmm. And I think especially I think starting last year in the past few months, wherever I go and I speak, I make it very intentional when I have the moment to recognize that whether I'm the only Asian person that they've ever brought in as a speaker or I'm the only one that I see dominantly on that list. Or if I notice that the room is full of one demographic or one age, like actually even an example, I think uh, there's a lot of tech events and STEM events, but it's either only one gender. Mm hmm. Like, I, I'm a little concerned when we have female STEM related events and it's only females and no males. Like, that's that's a concern as well because you need male allies for them to educate and learn about it. Right. Same problem of the other flip side. If you have, like, let's say um, diversity events, but there is no non-diverse people in the room, that should be a red flag because you should be including them. Um, and so I think about all those different layers in regards to being Asian American in the tech and speaking world, because yes, on top of them, there not being enough Asian Americans, one, the Asian Americans who tend to be in tech, I think are employees, there is Asian American who tend to be our male, and there's not enough female, and let alone even those who are, they don't tend to do a lot of speaking. So you don't see enough of them. Um, so that just brought me down to a handful of things am i now no around circles <laughs> no 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 that's super helpful and, yeah. and great context i i i differ a little bit in that i think that there are it is okay to sometimes have groups talks amongst themselves but yes if those are the okay. um, only conversations you're having that's the only one yes. that's what i'm concerned that, yes it's no, thanks for the editing. Yeah. yes it's, it's okay to have it's well I would not say it's okay. It's very important to have safe space, to have a protected conversation. I'm not disagreeing with that. 
But I, I would be concerned if that is the only way of seeing that as a solution. Like, yes. I'm also against concerns of, like, e- uh, either as Asian American, only wanting to, like, talk with Asian, yes. other Asian American. That's when, that's why it's not growing and yes. helping. The conversation shouldn't stop there. Yes, that's, I, that's what bothers yes, me. Exactly. I completely agree. And I think the more that we engage the broader community on all of these issues, the better we are. And so I'm so glad that there are people like yourself who are, Thank you. you know, boldly talking about these issues, right? Because... <laughs> The mere conversation, the understanding that someone of the majority can take part and be an important part of this dialogue and of, you know, finding solutions that keep us from, you know, expanding the digital divide and keeping people closed out of different mm-hmm. aspects of the community is an opportunity for them to then feel empowered to to, to find a way to get involved, to be mm-hmm. a voice, to be a, a part of the change. So. I really appreciate that. I commend you for that. Um, I'm excited to keep watching you work. There's lots of great things (laughs) happening for you. Um, Thank you. If you had to give advice to someone coming after you, someone, one who's starting a business or wants to write a book or a piece of advice for both, um, what would that be? Number one is have a clear why and have the courage to believe in your why. Mm. I have specific advice for the book and the business part, but I think that core element is critical. You're going to keep facing people who's going to discourage you. You're going to keep facing people who's going to just flatter you to death. You got to be able to have the courage to accept what are the true informations and knowledge to keep perspective because it's it's equally important to get um, critical feedback. I don't think it's uh, it, it's a dangerous state for you to just surround yourself with people pleasers and who's just going to say like, that's great. And like, okay, well, where else can I improve? Like, tell me how I can improve. Um, vice versa, you don't want to be in a state where everyone's just criticizing you. Right. Uh, but you yourself always have to make sure that you know very clearly why you're doing this. What's your intention so that no matter what happens, you always go back to your North Star and understand why did you want to write the book? Like, what's the whole reason why? Like, why this is a if you don't write this, it's a disaster. Like what? Why? What's the meaning behind it? And hence how that would help you backward prioritize and specific tips on both the books and the business business. Just always keep in mind that, you know, um, at the end of the day, unless even as a nonprofit, your business goal, no matter good or you know societal impact or not, has to be a business, which is making money. So make sure that in addition to the impact and all the goods that you have in mind, how is this actually going to generate revenue? Right. And how is that going to support you and eventually help you actually work on the business, not in the business? Um, oh, I and like that's that. so important. Uh, there's, I think it's the e-myth that uh, a lot of small business owners read. It's a famous book. Uh, but that philosophy of recognizing that you should be eventually be working on d- growing the business, not like working in the day-to-day nuts. And if you're going through that, you should be questioning, what should I change to mm-hmm. improve and grow? On the book side, um, just writing the book is one part of the journey. There's a whole journey of positioning, marketing, and getting it to the right people. And again, remembering that it's it's a costly journey, but again, remembering your why hopefully will help you understand how and where you want to take it. Uh, but if anyone else has specific questions, hope uh, they can reach out and let me know. But I hope that's a helpful start. 
That actually is great advice. And I like the point about working on the business, not in the business. That is, I had never heard that before, but I love it. I will, <laughs> I will see, be quoting the, you on that the, the one. Small, small, small difference. Yeah, make, make but huge. it makes a big difference in the outcome and, and your level yeah. of engagement in the work. Um, and that should definitely be the goal. Yeah, so and you know that it's a marathon. I think people forget that, oh, like I'm going to do this rapid sprint of like crash, crash. I'm like, You're going to eventually crash and burn out, whether that's the book or the business. Yeah. So you really have to take care of yourself. Yes, agreed. And you mentioned people being able to get in contact with you. Tell us what's your Twitter, Instagram, website, all of that, so that people, if they want to follow your career, if they want to get the book, if they want to stay in touch, that they can do that. Awesome. Uh, I'm a big uh, LinkedIn user as well. So you can find me at Monica uh, Kang, K-A, Monica Kang. Um, uh, at K-A, Kang is how I pronounce my Korean name. So <laughs> K-A-N-G is my last name, Monica with a C. And then I'm on Twitter as well. I, I, I'm pretty active, I guess, on all social media, So except for Snapchat. Sorry, Snapchat. Monica <laughs> H. Kang uh, is my uh, Twitter and um, for those who like getting some in-source in their uh, inbox, I do have a bi-monthly newsletter that I share some nuggets of wisdom and inspiration and resources in the community that I think you'll like. So you can go find that at Innovators Box. And in fact, actually, Innovators Box is both on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And those are ways that we'll keep sharing things that I think people would help. Um, so... Wonderful. This has been a wealth of information and creativity. And I'm so glad that you were able to join us. I encourage you all to follow Monica and to stay engaged on what she's doing and to get this book. Have a great day. Yes. Rethink Creativity. Go get it. It's on Amazon. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to The Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at CareerCentralOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time.